你好 ，Welcome back to the Panda Cub Stories podcast. Stories told in Mandarin Chinese and English. Today's story is a little different. It is a Chinese fairy tale, like many of the other stories you've heard on this podcast. However, I've added more of my own take to the story, and it's quite a bit longer than the other stories you've heard thus far. So, keep listening for part one of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid tale inspired by the legend of Zhu Hai Yunyu. All right, on to today's story. Pearl, part one, or Zhen Zhu, the Yizi. Prologue. They called her May. She lived in a palace of coral and jade, deep in the southern sea. 她是龙王的女儿 She was the youngest daughter of the Dragon King, and had eyes the color of a storm-swept sea. Her skin glowed soft and pearly under moonlight. Long hair of silk, black as night. Fanned and swirled in waves behind her as she glided through the silent rooms of her palace of coral and jade. The autumn moon was but a pale shadow in the sky when she decided to go. She wished to leave this palace of rosy coral and cool green jade and walk among the people of the nearby village. 多年来 for years and years, she had heard their songs drifting to her in salt breezes and swirling winds. Clear voices that cried of love and loss and hope. Di Zhang, Chapter One, Sea Heart, Hai Zhixing. 她走的那一天 the day she left, she combed her hair carefully, seven strokes from top to bottom, seven times from root to end, 一下一下又一下 The fine green teeth of her fine jade comb disappeared and reappeared in the waves of her hair until, at the forty-ninth stroke, her black locks shimmered to her waist. A soft rustle made her turn her gaze to her chamber doors. Her sisters entered, one by one, graceful and silent. They gathered around their youngest, their gowns whispering against the seabed current. May. They said to her, voices soft with sadness. May, are you certain? May nodded, eyes clear and mouth set into a determined line. May ventured her second sister. You know nothing about the world of men. They are selfish, thoughtless, and cruel. Continued Sister Four and Five. They've forgotten the dragons. They no longer see their gods," said Sister Six and Seven. Seven finishing the sentence that Six had begun. "May," said Sister Three, and then nothing more. 她只是用自己褐色的眼睛看着自己的小妹妹。May, youngest sister. They'd never called May by her real name, but always the endearment May. Soft, sweet, and quiet, always May, always the youngest. Yet May had forgotten how many moon tides had come and gone with her spending her days quietly in this palace of coral and jade. 也该出去看看了
Yes, sisters, said May, her quiet voice steady. I will see this world of man. I think there is beauty there, too, not just the ugliness you describe. Yes, I will go. She looked at her sisters with her sea storm eyes, and they saw that her mind was made. Very well, came the voice of the last sister to speak. May's eldest sister strode forth, reaching into the folds of her deep blue gown. From her dress, she drew out a single bangle, upon which hung a beautiful blue stone. She slid the bangle onto May's wrist and gave her hand a light squeeze. The blue stone lay against May's skin, glowing as if lit from within. Sister Two glided forth and, just as the eldest had done, took out from the folds of her Hongsuda gown a golden circlet upon which was a stone of ruby red. She clasped this to May's wrist, and it fell against its sapphire sister with a soft, musical click. Yang, one by one, May's seven sisters glided forth, adding to May's left wrist bracelets of jewels light. When they were done, elder sister took May's hands in her own. Xiao Mei, now May, it is your turn. May looked at her, unsure of what she meant. Close your eyes, whispered Sister Two. May shut her eyes. The pale sea light which filtered in from her chamber windows made patterns of red, gold, and green dance behind her eyelids. Her sisters were singing, voices ebbing and flowing. Their voices blended, melodious, low, high, sweet, rich. And suddenly, May no longer heard, needed no longer to hear, what it was they sang. She heard only the sound of her own heart, beating in tune with the sea. She felt a swelling in her chest, a warm, tickling heat spreading to fill her ribcage, speeding down her arms and legs, rushing to warm her face. She opened her mouth wide, as if to join her sisters in their singing, opened her eyes and her jaw would have dropped if her mouth wasn't already open. There, floating before her, was a large, rose-colored pearl. May reached out and plucked the pearl. It was smooth in her palm and somehow warm and cool at the same time. This is your sea heart, Hai Zixing. Elder sister said. She motioned for May to give her the pearl. Elder sister then took from the folds of her gown a long, thin needle of bleached fishbone. She touched its tip, and it blazed a blinding white. Zainaishunjian, elder sister's eyes too seemed to glow. In one swift move, she pierced the needle through the rose-colored pearl. A sharp ache nearly brought May to her knees. Gasping, she pressed the heel of one palm into her chest, feeling the spot pulse hot and cold. The pain quickly passed, yet the slight pulsing lingered, its presence oddly comforting. Elder sister threaded the rose pearl onto a fine silver shoujuo. She put the last of the bracelets onto May's wrist, speaking as she did so. 亲爱的妹妹, 
our precious May. Your heart lies with ours, and ours with yours. Take our hearts with you when you leave the sea. With them you may travel freely to the world of men, and with them you may stay for the passing of twelve full moons. On the last day of the twelfth moon, however, you must return to us. You must not ever remove these sea hearts, May. Not even once. For if you do, you break from your birthright, your connection to us. And when that connection breaks, so will you. Broken like the waves that call upon the shore. Gone like the foam that gilds their crests. Remember, 千万不要把他们拿下来. For if you do, you can never come home. Word said and warning given, the eldest daughter of the southern seas placed a gentle kiss upon May's forehead. One by one, May's seven sisters kissed their youngest, and one by one they turned to go. May watched as their colorful gowns whispered out of sight. Zhang, Chapter 2 Coming Ashore Shang'an May set off at dawn. The eastern sun kissed the sky awake in a wild blush of rose and peach. She stepped from the high shui, beads of seawater still clinging to her skin. May turned to smile into the sun. It rested warm rays atop her head and kissed the tip of her nose her cheeks. The land was waking, and she was finally here. She began walking, long hair blowing in the sea breeze. The eight bracelets on her wrist jostled with tinkling music. She walked towards the sound of children laughing, of people clamoring. Her bare feet appeared and disappeared beneath the sweeping folds of her gown. Soft and light, it flowed from her body like water. Before long, she had reached the market. There were vendors, young and old. Skin browned by the sun, they lined the street. They shouted to each other and over each other in loud, throaty voices over the quality of their goods. Their voices overlapped and folded, then folded around me, drawing her into the crowded street. A few people looked at May, and then looked again. Their curious gazes lingered on her oddly colored gown, her bare feet. May felt a blush creeping up her cheeks. She saw a nearby wall and ducked behind it. She leaned against the rough stones, suddenly unsure of herself. May cast a furtive look about her. There was no one about only a ramshackle abandoned hut. She closed her eyes and pictured one of the village girls from the market. Holding the image of the village girl's dress in her mind, May ran her fingers down the side of her seafoam gown. As she did so, her dress began to change. The light color darkened and the fabric became heavier. When it rubbed rough against her skin, May opened her eyes and looked down. She gave a satisfied nod. She looked now as she meant to, except 
Her bare toes wiggled in the dirt. Well, she had only ever been able to perform transformations and had never quite mastered creation. May crinkled her nose at her own bare feet. This would have to do. And with that, she ducked back out from behind the wall and rejoined the market. A moment later, a figure emerged from the seemingly abandoned shack. It slunk off in the direction May had gone. He had seen, quite clearly, the entire thing. Alright y'all, that's our story for the week. Who is that shady figure who was spying on May? Is it just us, or does he seem up to no good? To find out, Panda Cub and I will see you back here next week for part two of Pearl. P.S. If you like our stories and want to support Panda and me in making more original content, please leave us a rating and comment on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. This episode was written and produced by Linda Yi. Chinese translations were provided by Zoe Lilla fellow and fell in the children's literature program from Cambridge. Multiliteracy advice provided by Kevin M. Wong. <laughs>